basement breaks uh formula one podcast hosted by myself foster and this is steven today is february sunday february 25th we just wrapped up uh f1 2024 testing Mm -hmm. cars on track for the first time pretty exciting stuff didn't get to see a whole lot of it but you know we're being busy making all this content for you guys so but we've got an exciting episode for you guys um we're going to be talking through Drive to Survive that just dropped from the 2023 season. Um, so we're going to be talking about the first two episodes. So spoiler alert, when we start talking about that, uh, you know, go watch it first and then come back yep. and listen to what we have to say about that. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll also be doing some predictions um, for constructors and maybe some early driver uh, predictions, but should be a good episode. So uh Thanks for checking us out and tuning in. Um, so, we got a little intro from uh, Steven over here. Oh, yeah. So, I just saw this um, while I was trying to prep stuff. Um, so, obviously, you know, we, we, we prep stuff heading into um, what is going to be the, the, the first race of, of the Formula One season, the 2024 season. Um, but it just so happens, you know, the NASCAR race happened uh, this this evening as well. Uh, so, this is the a- Ambeater Health 400. Um mm. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, uh, but it's at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, um, which is which is pretty 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 popular, pretty famous. Um, but there was a crazy finish to this race, mm. um, one that you, I mean, we we saw something similar to this in Brazil last year, but not quite. If you can imagine what I'm getting uh, to and alluding to, nice. Um, so I have a link for you to click. And I forgot my mouse clicker, so I'm going to queue up a video real quick. Oh, jeez! All right, give us one second here. <laughs> That's funny. And we're back. We're back. Okay. So right. we we pre-had this link ready. Um, so I'm just going to have you um, click around and... I'll figure this out. Okay. Okay. I'll give you a second here. You might already have the link open too. If you just... Yeah. This is the last lap. Final lap three wide. Three wide in the final lap. What? The guy up top would win by three thousandths of a second. <laughs> it looked, I thought Blaney at the bottom had that. I think Bush is in the middle. Yeah, I could tell that the middle one was like back a little bit, but yeah. it, was, it was hard to tell. But Suarez at the top took that with three thousandths of a second. So I just figured I wouldn't just share that with you. Wow. Kind of get you a little excited about some Formula One cars on track as well. Yeah. Um, Plus, yeah. we have been talking about NASCAR. so A little bit loosely, That makes yeah. sense. That's, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so that happened um our, for our audio listeners um you know in that nascar race uh we had uh suarez we had bush and we had blaney um going around uh the, the final turn three wide um at the atlanta motor speedway today on 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 february 25th um and yeah yes yeah, that's uh, suarez took the win um i don't know much about you know how many wins he's had in in, in nascar but <laughs> that was pretty exciting to yeah, watch that that uh 
I almost kind of want to go back and watch like the last like 10 laps mm-hmm. for context. We could do it after this. Yeah. And uh, we did end up watching, uh, I know last time we were kind of disappointed about the Daytona 500 yeah. getting delayed, but oh, we yeah. did catch some of it. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much my first recent watching of NASCAR mm-hmm. and like actually understanding it mm-hmm. now that I have pretty good understanding of how motorsport works in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be interested to see like, what resulted in those three getting three wide to that point. Um, yeah, hopefully but, by the by the time we stop recording here, uh, they're able to post some highlights similar uh, to yeah. Formula One does, um, but maybe we can check those out. But yeah, anyway, so Pretty just sweet. getting excited for the season. Oh, yeah. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> getting right into the season. Might as well get into a little bit of Drive to Survive because yes. we are technically Drive to Survive fans, even though sometimes I, I, I try to separate myself from that. I'll admit that that's, you know, other yeah. than watching it live, um, first, uh, that's the only way I could really get into it and understand, you know, the driver's personalities, but yeah. Um, I mean, I also am, I guess, considered a pocket drive to survive fan. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think you can really classify it. I think that's more, uh, what people reference as drive to survive fans as they only know and watch drive to survive. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, like... I don't know, idea behind that is just like calling someone like uninformed, essentially. Yeah, I feel like, you know, obviously the show is to get people's foot in the door of, of, of yeah. sport or, or motorsport as a whole, maybe even. But, you know, some people kind of keep that one foot in the door. And then, you know, after yeah. a couple of years, they still only have one foot in the door. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like right away, you know, we stopped watching the show. I, individually, I stopped watching the show so I could focus on watching the season. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, next year you did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So this is, if anything, our first drive to survive season where we you know really just nestled in on the actual formula one season itself we're kind of critiquing it in hindsight yeah, yeah. um and i think that's more fun as as an actual you know fan yeah. of the sport i didn't understand initially why you wanted me to wait and only watch this season yeah um but now i get it that we've watched the first two uh the concept of knowing everything that has gone on and what will come, especially early in the show when you're seeing how they're talking about, you know, for the rest of the season, yes. but you already know how the season ends Yep. versus going into it before I was completely blind. Mm-hmm. You have a much more, you're able to be much more analytical and to see where certain things are edited and certain things are a little over dramatized. Yes. Um, but still, I mean, the production level and quality of that show is still so high that as much as there's like some brandishing of certain things, mm-hmm. um, and they obviously focus really heavy on certain elements, they don't capture everything. They sort of tell stories that they decide that they want to tell mm-hmm. uh, and focus on. But yeah, it's a it's been an interesting, huge, drastic change from watching it last year when I hadn't seen the previous season to now this year seeing it with the season mm-hmm. it's a complete game changer yeah so it's so very fun I think that's a good kind of transition and I'm gonna stop everything here and say if you haven't watched Drive to Survive this is the point of the episode where you pause it because for the next chunk we're gonna be talking about spoilers um, and we're gonna start out with season six episode one um, yep. which was heavily focused on Aston Martin a team yep. that kind of gets a lot of 
eyes on it, um, maybe for better or for worse at Mm -hmm. times. Um, You know, they have a very controversial, very quick uh, world championship driver in Fernando Alonso. And then they have a very maybe over-attacked driver in Lance Stroll, who also has, you know, accolades of his own. He has, you know, a a pole position. Um, He's had podiums. Um, But this team as a whole has, you know, a, a history of, of of formerly being Force India and then Lawrence Stroll bought into the team, changed the name to Racing Point, hired his son as a driver. Um, so, you know, Lance has been with that team as long as Lawrence has been with that team. Mm-hmm. Though Lance Stroll has had a career at Williams before um, Racing Point, which now we know as Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that whole team gives Bond villain vibes, even though it's the Bond car. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I was gonna say. I figured yeah, you'd agree with that. I was gonna say that is. Uh, I didn't think about that overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the intro of uh, Lawrence Stroll's arrival at the like first party <laughs> in that show is so like Bond villain. Oh yeah. Setup. Yep. Um, and like to be honest, I actually haven't seen very much, and I don't remember essentially. A lot of the details in seasons one through five Mm -hmm. so that's kind of my where my perspective is coming from context wise but i don't really remember hearing very much from him directly Mm -hmm. i'm always just hearing people talk about him yes uh and how much money he has essentially and that you know obviously his son is a driver on his team Mm -hmm. um but yeah they he's you know He's less Bond villainy than you would expect, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That they kind of portray it as. Yep. Um, but I mean, it makes sense when you're a billionaire and everything. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was a it was a pretty insightful episode because back when I was watching, I didn't even really watch like preseason stuff last year. Mm-hmm. So being able to see some of that and how drivers were like interacting with each other and like analyzing each other's cars like shooting the commercial for like the the main intro of f on uh, f1 tv mm-hmm. um but then seeing even the whole um the entire aspect of uh oh i guess i'm i don't want to skip too far ahead no 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 but, uh, that's all right essentially the what my main takeaway from episode one was that i didn't realize that Lance Stroll was injured oh, early on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I probably heard them mention it, mm-hmm. but I was so focused on just, like, taking everything in yeah. that that wasn't a part that I was focused on. And also, I feel like, like, testing going on in parallel to watching this episode right now. True. Like, we can see how important testing is and how important, and, and how these teams are, are, are handling this. You know, they're all running very different programs to test their cars. Yeah. And I think the way that the 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 episode painted that picture was you know obviously Aston Martin's whole goal was we're going to go from a, the back of the pack to the front of the pack yep and we're going to do that in a year we got another world championship driver paired with Lance once again and everyone's kind of looking at them like okay you can't really do that that's not how this sport works <laughs> and then yeah you're right Lance breaks his his wrist he breaks toes you know mm-hmm. heading into even before testing um, and I remember seeing that and, you know, even I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, that's Aston Martin's at the back of the grid. I don't really yeah. care too much, you know, kind of wrote them off at that point. Oh Yeah. I, I had already written them off just based off of their performance in 2022. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, to, to see, you know, and, and they did dramatize it, you know, quite a bit. I think, um, the way they, they had, 
I know what you're about to say. Oh, but 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 the way they had him pull in, it don't like yeah. it, it almost seemed like he came back from war or something. Yeah. When really he he found a really good surgeon to help him out. Yeah. And he did do something incredible, you know. Yeah. I would say 99% of the physicians around the world would say you you shouldn't be doing that. Lawrence described him as doing miracles to be able to get him. <laughs> okay, he didn't walk on water. I, I know that. I'm just saying that that, you know, lines up with what you were saying. For sure, for sure. They had, you know, top top dollar surgeon work on him. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I I think what where where like DTS fandom and being a fan of the sport kind of like kind of have this delve in knowledge yeah. is really understanding how physical it is inside of the car mm-hmm. and understanding how much force is going through his hands and his feet. Um, you know, as much as people, you know, will flame Danica Patrick for being on the show, um, I think her comment was, as a driver, your most important tools are your hands and your feet. She's not wrong, yeah. you know, and, and, and Lance Stroll powered through having broken wrists and yeah. toes during that race. And um, I mean, you know, without spoiling it for everyone, that car was very quick. Yeah. At the beginning of 2023 and, and, and you know, kind of shows parallel to like what we're looking out for this season once again. Mm-hmm. Um but ultimately what would happen was, you know, Fernando Alonso would get a whole bunch of podiums early on and Lance would not do poorly at mm-hmm. the beginning of the season for yeah. everyone knowing that he was driving broken, essentially, not the yeah. car, but him. Yeah. So I think that that tells also a lot about how fast that car was, yes. was the fact that like he was getting top 10 finishes with not being at peak physical condition. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, his w- multi-world champion teammate mm-hmm. was getting podiums for the first six races. Yes. Like, that car was fast. Yeah, and he, uh, <laughs> Fernando <laughs> Alonso hadn't snipped the podiums for years. No. You know, prior to that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, you're definitely right. That's a nod to how quick that car is. You know, I think, you know, DTS did paint a really good picture on, you know, the team performed very well. Yeah. And every other team was shaking their head. I'm sure the Alpines of the world, you know, the the probably the McLarens of the worlds too, where, where both of those teams were dead center in the midfield mm-hmm. in 2022. And then going into 2023, that Aston Martin just blew him out of the water. Yeah. I, I, even Ferrari. I mean, if you remember the end of that episode, oh, yeah. I think, you know, they, they had some comments, and I don't know if that's DTS editing or whatnot, but Fred Vassar seemed very unhappy about that Aston Martin oh, being yeah. quicker than his Ferrari. So. Yeah. That was also, this was, you know, I learned about Fred Vassar this past year. Mm-hmm. So then that seeing him contextually back at the first race yep. and like his perspective, you know, on Ferrari and like mm. what he was looking at at the beginning of the season. Um, the, uh, where was I going with that? It's like the philosophy of being the team principal at Ferrari is you always need to be on the podium. Yeah. 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 And if you're not first, yeah, you're on the chopping block essentially. Yeah. And, uh, they explained in the show, like, or they said essentially, you know, we made the second fastest F1 car on the grid in five months. Yes. That was like their like statement for Aston and Martin, it, yeah. yeah, for yeah. Aston Martin, and that's exa- it's essentially what they did, yes, at least at the beginning. Um, and there was a whole lot of talk in episode one. You know, obviously it was focused on Aston Martin, but all of the talk is like this is going to be a way different season than we expected. Mm-hmm. You know, leading towards that Aston Martin is going to be competitive in the championship all the way to the end. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to see contextually now that we know how the season finished that that didn't necessarily align the whole way through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's what's 
everyone was thinking at the beginning. Yes. Which made a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was episode one. Yes. Any, anything else from that that I can't really remember? No, I think that was, uh, I think that was a pretty good summary, you know, without like completely blowing too, yeah. too, too much out of the water and just generally talking about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to episode two a little bit, this one focused on the the second team of Red Bull here. So Alpha Tori yeah. last year, yeah. uh, Racing Bulls this year, or RB or, or whatever we're going to reference it yeah. as. Yeah, um, I think RB Racing Bulls is probably the best, but. Gotcha, gotcha. But, you know, he- heading into last year, um, Alpha Tori had Yuki Sonoda and a and, and newcomer rookie, technically Nick DeVries, on their team, you know, Nick DeVries in 2022 um, had a, a single drive with Williams where he got a point. Um, he replaced Alex Albon after he had appendicitis for a race. And I think uh, this was at Monza, uh, if I remember correctly. I remember the appendicitis, but I forgot that that was his replacement. Yes. Albon's replacement. Yeah. So so after after that, I guess Alpha Tori made the call, hey, we want Nick DeVries for 2023. So heading into their season, they came in with Nick DeVries, who had a tremendous amount of experience in Formula E, but also was an F2 champion as well. So a Formula E and, and Formula 2 champion uh, versus Yuki, who had been on the team with for two years prior to that year. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, I, I, he was paired with Pierre Gasly the whole time. That's a difficult comparison because Pierre's a much more experienced driver. But now Yuki had someone to kind of go one for one with here, um, a direct comparison. And I, I would say it's safe to say and we kind of talked about this. Yeah. Maybe it's in his personality, but it, it almost feels like Yuki at times, and, and this is just taking this from interviews, right? I don't obviously know what lives in his head. Yeah. But undersells himself quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that episode showed that a little bit as mm-hmm. well, where there was one driver who was extremely confident yep. and one driver who was a little less confident. And the one who was a little less confident outperformed quite by Ex- a mark. Exceptionally yeah. outperformed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think this episode also had, you know, Danny Rick floating around and about <laughs> and, and and you know, this is expert editing from Drive to Survive because Oh yeah. He's the face of Drive to Survive, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, the episode kind of paints this picture where this was always the Red Bull plan the whole entire time. Yeah. I don't truly think that Red Bull has that malintent. Um you know, I without knowing what goes on in the Red Bull garage. Yeah. I can't help but think that they were thinking we need to find a long-term companion for Max. If Checo decides to retire in two years or three years, we need someone to pair with Max immediately that can also take wins. And they weren't sure if it was Yuki. So I think their pipe dream was let's get another Dutch driver and pair him with Max so that when they're both in their late 20s and 30s, they're the face of Formula One. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they were prepared for the performance of Nick DeVries and the pressure getting to him. And, you know, Daniel Ricciardo was definitely in the right place at the right time. Um, Indeed. And I, I don't know if you want to caveat off of that there, or, or maybe I left it a little kind of open-ended there yeah, for you. No, um, no I, I agree that that wasn't their master plan, was not to bring Ricciardo in to replace Nick DeVries. Yeah, um, it's too far-fetched. Yeah, they... I do think that this was very showing of how uh, high of standards that Red Bull has as a team. Yeah. They don't really have time to not perform well. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Because if you're you're top dog, then 
you're only going to be there by being performing the highest out of anyone else. Yes. So if you have that, you know, element of your team that's bringing everything down, you're going to have to intervene at some point. And I think that they, I don't know if they necessarily gave him the full opportunity to show his strengths. But I think for how bad he was performing, it didn't make sense for them to continue to give him a trial. Yeah. Like, like he obviously, you know, if he had more time, could he have improved? Yes. Yes. How much? Probably not a lot. He probably could have, you know, started getting closer to the points. Mm -hmm. But at that point, closer to the points wasn't enough anyway. Yes. Um. And I think that having Daniel Ricardo um, as that back pocket option for anywhere across the Red Bull brand, mm-hmm. um, it only made sense that since Nick DeVries' teammate Yuki was performing and getting in the points finishes 10th place often, um, but it only made sense to at least put Danny in a car. And then when they did put him in a car, albeit it was the Red Bull, he was competitive. Mm -hmm. And they had a meeting about it essentially right after. And that was, you know, cool contextually to see. Like, he would be on the grid next to Max based on his lap times that he was putting in in Silverstone in the RB19. So that was basically their, all right, you're good to go. (laughs) You're good on the sim, but you also can drive in a car. Yeah. And then I liked that Christian Horner brought back the, you know, earlier on in the show, they talked about when they mentioned Danny Rick, they talked about his, you know, recent career. Yeah. And then he went from um, Toro Rosso. And then when he started to not perform, went to Red Bull. Red Bull. So he was Toro Rosso, then Red Bull. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Toro Rosso, Red Bull, then went to Renault mm-hmm. and then McLaren. Mm hmm. Um, and so they, the, Christian Horner essentially talked about that they, when he started to not perform, that it didn't, that wasn't the Danny Rick that they had known mm-hmm. and seen on Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to wrap up that episode and conclude with him back in the RB19 oh, yeah. and putting in fast laps was really cool to yeah, see. I agree. And I, I did, it was, uh, that was like news bites mm-hmm. that were released that, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was like Pirelli tire testing yes. that they threw him in the car. Yep. But they they didn't really care about the tires at that point. They yep. were at, everyone on that team was looking at the data mm-hmm. to see if he was, you know, essentially good enough. Um but yeah, I thought that that was a cool behind the scenes look at you know how he ended up getting into a car. I agree 100%. And and there were also some interesting like sound bites where, you know, I I think there was a point where he he found Roman Grosjean in the paddock uh, yep. and Roman Grosjean was like, Oh, when are you coming to IndyCar? There's, you know, proper racing out here. And then, yep. you know, Horner asked, are you getting any offers? Uh, I heard you're getting a lot of, you know, pull from NASCAR wanting you to come race over there. Yeah. And he essentially said, you know, yes, I'm hearing them, but I just feel like I have a little bit more to give here. And just to see like almost, or, or, or even to think about how close he could have been to leaving the sport. Oh yeah. To now all of a sudden, you know, sharing, the spotlight with Yuki on this brand new rebranded team and just make whatever you want out of it. You know, you can fight for whatever you want at this point. No one's really barking at you to do anything. There's no pressure other than 
everyone's kind of excited that you're back on the grid. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really think that that episode, it, you know, I, I, I don't want to lament on this too much because it, it is a, it is a killer instinct sport, but beating on the DeVries, you know, a year past almost, you know, when that occurred, I guess it, it adds to the episode, but I, come on now, you know, let's, let's, yeah. hopefully this is the last time we kind of hear about that and can just move past that a little bit. Cause it's always a bit harsh to hear in hindsight. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, uh, I think it is cool to see that, especially with the timing going into this season, mm-hmm. like you said, um, to see that, that, you know, that team, and both drivers have like are now both fully prepared mm-hmm. and have had the entire like winter to prepare and train. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the the team last year, you know, we saw they saw four different drivers, mm-hmm. and so that was like a whole lot of moving parts, and it wasn't it never really felt like cohesive mm-hmm. throughout the entire season. Yep, um, which makes sense if you're gonna have all those like, and it obviously wasn't predicted that you know Danny Rick was going to get injured and right after he got back in the car like yeah. that threw a whole wrench into things yep. um, but that team looks way different going into 2024 than it did you know even early on in 2023 oh yeah oh yeah um, yeah that was a entertaining episode and I'm excited to watch the other four yeah 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 so with testing being over um and watching two episodes of DTS, mm-hmm. um, you know, we weren't able to catch the full 24 hours of testing, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, I mean, we have full-time jobs. So I'll say fortunately that we yeah. have full-time jobs. But yes. um, unfortunately, those testing times are times that we're never going to be able to watch. Yeah. Also, it being on the other side of the world makes it extremely difficult to watch. Yeah. So I would I would argue that, you know, maybe I, I probably am speaking for both of us here when I say that most of what we've seen are highlights. Um, but also, you know, genuine rundowns from the experts as well that are, you know, boots on the ground at any given time in the paddock oh, yeah. um, because that's the best information we can get right now, which yeah. is awesome, too, because they are experts at what they do. The fact that F1 TV is able to create that much content that's, like, you know, pulls from so much detail mm-hmm. with what they're, like, analyzing from these teams and cars. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, you know, capturing everything live. They they had uh, six four-hour sessions yes. that were, like, fully live-streamed, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, entertaining and talking about things the entire time. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, that's extremely impressive to me, and that's not what I thought testing was going to be yeah. going into having never seen testing before. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I think I was... <laughs> I think... My expectations on testing were lower than, you know, they exceeded my expectations essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we've seen testing. Yes. Um, so I think we're going to do some pretty early on where we're at right now before the season starts, 2024 constructor championship order predictions. I'm so ready to look like a fool. Hey, we'll, uh, this will be recorded and then we can look back and analyze. Then we're Make fun you know, of ourselves. when we hit silly season and we'll predict the end, then yes. we'll look back at these and see where we're at. Yeah. Cause we'll both be hundred percent correct. Unless we have one different pick, then we're going against each other. I also don't know your picks. So. I don't know yours either. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
So all right. So oh, let me pull them up here. Sorry. So the setup for this is we're gonna do back and forth from reverse grid. Reverse grid. In, so in only constructors first. Constructors, yeah. yeah. From tenth to first. So in tenth place. Okay. I have Haas F one team. Same. Okay. Um I think it makes sense. Yeah. It, like everything that we've seen, I think every team has progressed a lot. Yes. But but the issue is that every team has progressed a lot. Yeah. So, you know, has Haas improved? Yes. Has everyone else improved? Yes. You know, based on what we've seen, I don't know. It seems like they're in a similar place as last year to me. I agree. Um, if you have, you know, a team principal change that close to the, you know, end of the season as well or start of the season. Absolutely. I forget when it was exactly. I want to say it was mid-January, but that's a month ago. Yeah. And now you have the philosophy of an entire team changing under a yeah. new leader. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I yeah, I've worked for a lot of people, managers and stuff like that. You have consistency when you work for one person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just kind of threw a wrench in that whole team. Yeah. They have to relearn the new dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I've also the the new uh, team principal is like d- pretty much directly quoted saying that his expectations are low because he I think he understands that element of it uh-huh. um, that he's new I mean he's been on the team in a different role um, but once you make that jump to team principal your roles are very different than where he was at before I believe he was chief chief technical something i i can't remember his last but he was on haas as a different higher up not team principal yes oh yeah yeah it was an internal move he didn't like come from another team yeah you are right i think yeah that's probably maybe i misspoke by saying that that's not completely change the philosophy of the team i guess maybe he has a very similar philosophy just coming from you know working with gunther yeah but I, i guess i see what you're saying it's not like you're hiring outside um and and just completely changing the face of the team yeah um plus uh um he actually knows K-Mag pretty well, mm-hmm. but he do, he hasn't really worked with Hulk before. Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, that's a different dynamic where, yeah. like, he they actually have a good relationship. Like, him and K-Mag have a really good relationship. Yeah, yeah. But he's pretty new to working with Hulkenberg. Interesting, interesting. Um, so, as a team principal going in, you know, you have a very different dynamic with each of your two drivers. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, you're now the leader of a whole lot of people, mm-hmm. um, new people under you. So without getting too much into this, um, this actually just came out today, mm. um, and I'm going to you know paraphrase this from uh, planetf1.com. Um, so uh, their headline here is, you know, a Dutch F1 reporter um, said that Gunther Steiner opened up about a shares dispute with Gene Haas that triggered his exit from Haas F1 team. So ah. I don't think his exit was wholly performance-based, although it could have had like some implications. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Gene, or no, not Gene, Gunther was looking for shares in Haas F1 team. Mm. Um, you know, you work with a company for X amount of years. It, I would say if you perform quite well, you might look for something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so I think there was a dispute there, and apparently it was done over a phone call. Um, so, you know, without getting into too many details that I can't confirm or deny, that's yeah. my rumor of the day, I guess, huh. if you will. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, you can find this full article on, on planetf1.com. Um, I love their articles. So if you're listening to this and you work there, please don't get mad at me for mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that would make sense considering that there wasn't like a drastic change in performance of Haas. Yeah. It's just been kind of 
you know, they've constantly been like a a back marker team. And also no one really saw it coming where, you know, I, I have to say Gunther's probably getting them more sponsorships than any other team principal is. You he's, know? A, he's another face of Drive to Survive. Exactly. Like he's he's a, a face of Formula One. He's the reason isn't... I go to Chipotle. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's a reach, but well, <laughs> I, I mean, I love him as a you know character, and you know when he does all of when he did all of the um, team principal uh, interviews that they yep. do with all of them. Oh, they're like, always he's yeah. always great. Yeah. Um, so that would make sense that it's a little there's a little bit more context outside of just performance based mm-hmm. especially with the timing yeah it, if it was performance based it would have been probably like right at the end of the 2023 season yep. Yep. which it wasn't yeah. so i don't know should we move on to number nine yeah oh yeah i forgot we were doing that sorry about that <laughs> no it's all good so at number nine i have kick sauber which i just realized the name changed again to kick sauber yes because i had something else Kick Sauber, I also have as okay. number nine. Okay, perfect. Yes. And we also have the right names. And we have the right name now. Yes. 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 So um, I will say um, in the driver card, obviously those names are different now because we all thought it was Stake F1 team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it still says it on the car. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's a whole lot of naming floating around right now yeah. across the F1 grid. I think that probably has to do with Stake being a gambling site. I don't want to get into that too much because I don't really understand how international law works too much yeah. to talk about it. But I've definitely heard it talked about that there's like legal ramifications of yeah. having that on the car and all sorts of things. But um, we did see uh, a funny moment back bringing it back to Drive to Survive mm-hmm. uh, but when Botas was first you know, shooting the commercial for the F one twenty three season. Uh I didn't realize that that was the first time that he brought out the mullet. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he was commenting that when he looks in the mirror, he's like, that's a real man. <laughs> when I when I look in the mirror and I see my mullet, that's a real man. <laughs> and hearing him say that in his accent was hilarious. That was so funny. Um, um I, yeah, I mean it's a they they were in a similar spot last year. Yeah. Um like I said before, like everyone's improving, but mm-hmm. when you have that, it's going to keep a lot of people in the same spots. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it was the third testing uh, day that mm-hmm. they put in a pretty impressive lap, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was Julian Palmer who commented that that could be kind of like a a victory lap of sort for them. Like they kind of pushed the limit yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit too much, showed uh, a little bit yeah. too much of their hand. Mm. Um, so we'll see what that looks like. You know, I have I have the utmost. You know, I, I shouldn't say the, the the power unit that both of those teams are running. Are, it's a solid power unit. Yeah. I, you know, if those teams put in you know solid work in in, and I guess the aero department, maybe they can have a little bit more performance and and, and take more points. But yeah. you know, I think both of those teams as a whole, I have grouped towards few and far between points. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I see them you know mm-hmm. less 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 finishes in the points than not in the points i guess is what i'm trying to say okay that's fair yeah yeah um yeah i mean i have pretty limited um experience i know that botas has been driving for a long time yeah and he's done crazy things mm-hmm. at mercedes mm-hmm. um but i think just like based on my viewing of last season um I just kind of put them down there where I thought, you know, they would go. Yeah. 
Um, I don't really have a ton of basis other than that. Oh, so that's, that's fair. I guess we'll move on to number eight. Number eight, I have Alpine. I have Williams. That's fair. But that's expected. Yeah, that is fair. Um, but our first disagreement. Our, well, yeah, that's good. Um, so does that mean you have Williams or Alpine next? next. Okay, okay. Yes. So we can talk about this a little so bit. So we here. can talk that the next one that you have is Williams. Yeah, so you think Alpine's going to outperform Williams. I think Williams is going to outperform Alpine. Correct. Whether it's by a small margin or not. Actually, let's talk about that first. Do you think okay. it's going to be decimation like it was last year? Like, you know, I think Williams finished with one third of, or not even one third of what mm-hmm. Alpine had. Um, and I, I should probably have the actual stats, but, you know, yeah. let's just say it's about one third yeah. performance wise. Do you think it'll be similar to that? When I decided to put Williams below Alpine, mm-hmm. the caveat in my head was that it was going to be much closer this year Interesting. than last year. Okay. Okay. I think that we've seen a lot of strides with Williams, mm-hmm. especially having James Val's been there for the the winter yes um i just feel like he has such a good grasp on so many elements of importance for that team yeah that his like you know i know it's a lot more than just the mindset and who your team principal is that goes into performing well as an f1 team but just seeing where he's at and where that team's at um i think that logan Sargent is going to get more than one point this season Let's go. and Albon is also going to have those like crazy performances on the high straight speed tracks yeah. where that car will excel yeah um and I think that that's going to net the team more points than they did last year that's fair that's fair I think my my philosophy on Alpine just comes with I still don't think that driver pairing is 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 the strongest and it's not that any individual driver there is is lacking. Yeah, I think Esteban Alcon has incredible qualities of just you know I am going to defend until I literally can't drive anymore. Yeah, um, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But when you're defending against your teammate, yeah. or vice versa, where you know yeah. Pierre Gasly kind of has a bit of swagger to him as well in, in the car, um, they just I, I just feel like anytime I see them next to each other, they're going to come together. Um, or they're going to get angry and flustered and someone's going to drop performance as a result. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any, well, you know, obviously they're, they're, they're a works team. Yeah. So they're kind of just doing their own thing here in, in, in free space. But, yeah. you know, whether that, that can take them above, you know, a Mercedes powered engine or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Cause I think, you know, obviously the Mercedes powered engine of the Williams is, or is the better power unit. Yeah, but you know, can can Renault just hold them off for for another year, and then yeah, what do they do next year? I don't know, but yeah, um, that's kind of how I feel about that team right now. Yeah, my when I was considering those two, because I was like pretty split. I also kind of predicted that you were gonna pick the other one, so I wanted to choose the opposite so that we could you know conversate about it. Yeah, yeah. But with that being said, I think that. If you look at where you kind of said that the, as there's, you know, two individual drivers, yeah, there aren't necessarily issues. Yeah. And that's kind of why I chose that because yeah. I think that individually, if they're not fighting with each other or making dumb decisions or strategy decisions, that yeah. those drivers are, each one is more capable of like getting enough points to pass 
Williams. I agree. So that's why I put them above Williams. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, okay. You have Williams in eighth. I have Alpine in eighth, seventh, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Now let's move to sixth here, which yep. I have RB. Same. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that they're, you know, their projection is way higher than it was for yeah. AlphaTauri. Yeah. Um, I think Danny Rick is going to be sick <laughs> and Yuki's also going to be sick. Yep. Like he usually is. Um, I just think that they're going to be finishing in the points a lot more than we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with the idea of the looming hand-me-down parts from Red Bull, um, I know that's a big controversial thing, but it feels way more, obviously it's called Racing Bulls, but it feels a lot more like a Red Bull team mm-hmm. to me. Um, so I just think that they're going to perform better than they did last year that's fair yeah um plus having two drivers that hopefully stay pretty consistently on the team and can progress and you know build themselves and adapt to the car as it changes throughout the season yeah so i I think i would agree with 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 everything you said there i think you know just having the new energy you have the new team principal you have like you said two drivers that are coming in zero question which is what happened last year but obviously question came throughout the season Mm -hmm. you know if if they can uh, focus on their continuity from start to finish. I think that team is just going to be on a trajectory all year, mm-hmm. and that trajectory is upwards. There's, yeah. n- there's the only thing holding them back are themselves at this point. Yeah. Um, so, cool. Who do you have for P five? Aston Martin. I have Mercedes. Oh, oh, oh hot take. I have- hot take. I, I, you know, I was. There was a lot in the top five that I was like flip flopping around yeah. in my head. I did this last second. I I think that yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna talk I mean, about it. Okay. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> I'm gonna, if that's, I a, that's a heavy statement. If I don't, uh, if, if if you don't make it out alive, yeah, if I don't make it out alive, <laughs> you know who went after you. I love them. <laughs> um, I have Mercedes finishing P5 in the constructors this year. Um. My reasoning for that is because I think there's just too much animosity going around with the team as a whole right now. Um, you know, they came into 2022, 2023, sorry, with that zero side pod again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then they flipped last minute towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. changed the philosophy of the car. Yep. Um, you know, we heard all the gripes that Lewis now is coming out with that he had about that car last year oh yeah and we saw that in the drive to survive we saw that in drive Bahrain to survive episode and heading into this year they tried to copy the rb19 more heavily than they did last year so it just feels like they're chasing a target that isn't there anymore um you know may, may, maybe i'm talking out of my ass a little bit but you know it, that's a team that's so used to to being an individual and now they're a seven-time world champion. I guess six times at Mercedes. They're, they're, their world champion is leaving. Um, they have a young driver who's a race winner, a one or you know a sprint and a race winner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but who who last year also showed you know a little aggression towards his teammate. You know I think both of those drivers had a couple moments of going toe to toe a little bit last year. Which yeah, you know when you're fighting for 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 as many points as you can, you're gonna have that. Yeah, you know both drivers are trying to make themselves as marketable as they can to continue driving yeah um not that either of them really had any chance of being dropped by the team last year no but 
you know, we had the whole drama of, of, of Lewis's move to Ferrari, which we've talked about and everyone's talked about. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to change people's headspaces for sure. It changed mine, you know. Even even the memes of him taking pictures of the car and, <laughs> and, and sending it to Ferrari and to send it to Ferrari to say, "Don't do this." Like, okay, I think I think Lewis Hamilton is the most professional of professionals, and he's going to go into the season and give it his one hundred percent. Oh yeah, but if there's a point that the car needs to change philosophy, and the decision comes to George. Or Lewis, why would you not listen to George then? And then that's going to create another rift in the team. Mm. Kind of see what I'm getting at? I get that. So, you know, I, I, that's fair. I, I'm not a driving style expert. I can't really watch hours and hours of them and really understand what either of them particularly excel at in a car. Yeah. But what I'm only saying is if a team needed a number one driver this year and Mercedes had to make a decision, why would you not choose? If you're not fighting for a championship, why would you not choose the driver that's going to stick with your team next year? I think what you just said has a lot of weight to it. I think if they are competitive for the championship and Lewis is riding that team on their back, yeah. they're going to stick to that. Yes. But I, if they're not, you know, if we get halfway through the season and they're in fifth place, yeah. I think they're going to start putting all their 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 eggs in the George Russell basket yeah, yeah. because that's, you know, at that point, Makes you're, sense. what are you doing? You're not a, I mean, I could see that if you give a change to Hamilton, he's going to give you good feedback, obviously. Yes. But where do you want that car to be at the start of 2025? Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not without, geared towards Lewis, not geared toward Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. All right. Um, I mean, that was a lot of Mercedes. I went with Aston Martin. I think that the reason that Aston Martin is here, I think, is the re- more of the reason is that the one that I chose for number four matters more mm-hmm. um, as to why Aston Martin's there. Um, I think that Aston Martin could be way more competitive than they were at the end of last season, yeah. similar to the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw them fall behind as the other teams progressed. Yeah. And they didn't react. It's and they, like they kept falling behind. It was very slow reacting that happened. Yeah. Um, and I, once I saw that, I just not really lost faith. Cause obviously I put them, you know, at fifth, which isn't necessarily bad. No. Um, but I just think that, you know, Fernando Alonso is going to be the higher performer on the team. Um, and I think that he's just going to be limited by the car is essentially where that's going to be. That's fair. That's going to put him, you know, he might get some podiums. I think that would be sweet. Yeah. It's always cool to see a goat like him <laughs> sitting mm-hmm. on the podium. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that car is going to be the limiting factor. Similar to, you know, what would happen if... If Mercedes gets fifth, I think the car is going to be the limiting factor, not Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. Yeah. yeah. Should we move on to number four? Yeah, yeah. Who do you have for number four? McLaren. I have Aston Martin at number four. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Inter- wow. <laughs> Whoa. So, you have a sweet top ten. <laughs> Thank you. Beer is a little spicy. Yeah. Um. Okay. So where we? Huh. So we're at four. Yeah, we're at four. I chose Aston Martin for fifth. 
he chose them for fourth. Okay, so I'll I'll just speak on Aston Martin real quick here. Um, you know, this is a little motivated by <laughs> Drive to Survive episode. Yeah, but you know, really having Lance being able to develop the car just as much as Fernando is now, mm-hmm. I think Aston Martin's going to go into twenty twenty four with a very fifty fifty split driver wise, and whether mm-hmm. they make that decision later on to focus on one, yeah. they can make now. Yeah, um, and I think that's the goal with most F one teams. You know, they really want both of their drivers to help make the car quicker. Yeah, contribute and, yeah, equally. Exactly. But then if you have like a Max situation where he wants more front end, more front end, and all of a sudden Checo can't drive the car anymore, you know, I don't really see that happening with Aston Martin nearly as much. Um, That's it, fair. Not really dissecting the driving styles of either driver too much. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't I don't foresee a season in which, you know, Alonzo's getting a podium and Lance is exiting Q1 again. You know, I, I really fair. think he can get under himself this year and with a fresh season, really perform to where he, he belongs as a driver. So I I think especially I I like where you put them and I like your reasoning behind it. And I think that for me, once Aston Martin sort of fell behind a little bit out of the competition for like the number two spot, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, I they kind of fell out of my focus. But then seeing where Lance ended up in the in the drivers standings for twenty twenty three, he did really well. Yeah, he didn't have a bad season at all. Yeah, I think also I get clouded by the amount of hate that he gets. It's so ridiculous. That, like it's... it, it just you know changes the way I like perceive him essentially to 15 year old kids making tweets and all that stuff now don't get me wrong is Lance Stroll a little goofy sometimes yes yeah it's he's I think he's funny yeah Um, he's funny as hell is he is he yeah he's not always trying to be funny but is he being funny when he you know does certain things I think so Um, (laughs) I think he's a fun character to have on the F1 grid for sure and the fact that you know, his dad, his dad literally bought Aston Martin and the Formula One team and then was like, oh, guess I'm going to combine oh, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. That's a crazy, that, that concept is insane to me. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just going to buy this car brand. Oh, yeah. And then there's an F1 team. Uh, I'll just throw them together. Yeah. Like, why not? It's a, it's a, it is an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're looking at potentially Fernando Alonso not being in F1 for, very much longer yeah so him being a part of that whole starting of a of a new brand is, yeah. is fascinating yeah sort of land the bricks of what could be a really competitive team for the next you know 10 years oh yeah so you had mclaren there yes i had mclaren in fourth um i think that my boys in orange are gonna do better than they did last year nice. um i think that both drivers will be able to get podiums this year um i don't know about race wins i feel like it's just like extreme the the the, it's so competitive Mm -hmm. it's so tight between who can excel you know that little extra bit yeah i think it will take similar to last year it's going to take red bull making mistakes for other people to secure wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with that element in play, I think that if McLaren are in the right place in the right time, you know, they'll mm-hmm. be able to get their podiums. Race wins, I sure hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see Lando Norris's first win. 
and Piastri's first win in the same year, that would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if one is going to get a win, I think it's going to be Lando. I, I, who, we don't really know, yeah. but I think that they're going to perform really well. They seem like they're on a good trajectory and a much better starting place than last year. Mm-hmm. If you look at their performance from the latter half of last year, and if you just like copy and paste that to the front half, mm-hmm. they would be way higher up oh, yeah. in the grid. Oh yeah. So like the fact that they were that car wasn't competitive for a big chunk of the beginning mm-hmm. contributed to why they weren't as high up on the constructors championship last year, I think. Yeah. So I think without having that not as competitive time, it's just gonna bring them up a spot. Yeah. So So moving on to P three. Yes. And you said take that second half of the year and copy paste it yep. for the first half of the year. And that's exactly what I did for McLaren. That, okay. That's yeah. And I have them as my <laughs> P3 in the Constructors Championship this year. I think, you know, I think testing people were kind of questioning them here. Yeah. Um, but I also think that's a team that doesn't come out of the gates um, not swinging after their performance last year. They didn't put any sauce on during testing. Oh, they didn't at all. No. Really? Well, that they showed, I mean, I didn't watch all 24 hours of testing, but they showed their allocations of tires that they chose, and they chose, like, a ton of hards and then mediums and the other ones. Really? But I don't think Red Bull or McLaren allocated any softs for testing. I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that was what I saw. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think as as far as driver pairing right now, um, I think they're, they're top three driver pairing on the entire grid um, as far as like the duos that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lando's shown insane pace last year. Oscar showed he can hold off Max in a sprint race and win a, a race. You know, um, I think experience is going to be crucial for Oscar this year. Now that he has a little more experience on almost every single track that he's going to be racing on this year. Um, a lot of them were first times for him. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I just think that that team has energy right now and it's good energy and I like it. So I'm excited to see what McLaren does this year, but I have them as P3. What do you have at P3? I'm I'm shocked that you put McLaren higher than I did being I, a McLaren I fan. I am as well, but that's fair. Who do you I, have? I, see, for me, I thought that, so I have Ferrari in uh, oh, P3. Third, yeah, third oh, place. Okay, nice. I, my main reasoning behind ferrari in above well i i would have put them above mclaren anyway Mm -hmm. um but i think they're kind of being looked at as the only shot against red bull out the gates right now um and the reason that i chose them for third is i don't think that that's gonna stick um throughout the whole season yeah I think that I've seen a lot of, you know, strategy, communication issues. You know, we're looking at the same team that we were looking at last year. Yeah. Um, is it a new car? Yes. Um, is it hopefully more reliable for the drivers? Because I think that that was a big part of their lack of performance last year was reliability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw that car going into walls a lot. That's right. um, and I we also saw a lot of, interesting strategy choices and always yelling at each other yep. <laughs> over over comms yep. uh so like you know that i think that's the edge that 
I why I chose Ferrari as third rather than what I'm hearing is most people saying that they're probably going to be second to Red Bull. Okay, okay. So that's my reasoning. All right. So, so P2. Yeah. I have Ferrari. Yeah. I have Ferrari and I have them much closer uh, than they were this past year to Red Bull. Yeah. Um, uh, my dynamic with the drivers are Charles is, or Charles is comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think Carlos is going to be very aggressive this year mm-hmm. to make sure that he's getting as many podiums as he can. If he can take another race one or two this year, he becomes the most attractive free agent. I, I think he is the most attractive free agent on the grid other than yeah. Alonso. Yeah. Um, but I think his youth keeps him towards probably above Alonso. His, his youth and probably easy, easy to work with. Um, you know, just from the outside looking in, he seems to have a personality that might be a little easier to work with than Alonzo at times. Yeah. Um, but I think he's not going to take this job loss as the end of his career like some people would. Um, you know, he's still on a top performing team and he's still the only race winner of Ferrari since 2022, yep. um, which, you know, he, he is he is a reason to really work hard and and and, yeah. and and get a drive for next season. So I have Ferrari at second for that reason. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I was, yeah, I was stuck between putting them in second or third. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking to Carlos Sainz, um, they, uh, the F1 TV interviewed him, I think like a week and a half ago, both Ferrari drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he really talked about that the next three to four years for him is like the biggest, going to be a huge part of his career Yes, because he's at that sweet spot of experience he can win races yeah he's you know he was on a top team yep this is his last year on that team yep he's going to try to be proving himself um different dynamic than hamilton's looking at because Mm -hmm. he already knows where he's going yeah carlos doesn't yes he has any other team that will give him a shot yep to try to prove that he's worth it to them yep yep um so yeah i think that yeah, I can see that both drivers are going to do well uh, this right. year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that basically brings us to the... Well, you have Mercedes. Oh, yes. Um, That essentially ties in with my Ferrari uh, explanation. Yeah. I think that Ferrari is going to surpass Mercedes out the gates. Yeah. Um, But because Mercedes... Uh, and we talked about this last episode with the new car mm-hmm. that they really last year's car for 2023 was pretty similar to the 2022 car. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year they moved a whole lot of stuff around yes. and kind of redeveloped the car yeah. with the idea in mind that they're carrying that to the 2025 year as well. Yeah, yeah. They sort of took the four year stint of car regulations and then split it down the middle yeah. to have two sort of models um so i think the w15 will you know it's going i think ferrari out the gates might perform better but then i think that team in general lewis hamilton is a really good driver i think if that car ends up allowing george russell and lewis hamilton to get closer to their limit then i think they'll just end up Accuring more points yeah. for the total season, but I could see them not starting out in second for sure. That's fair. Yeah. That was my like caveat with that. 
one, two switch, sorry, two, three switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that takes us to Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it's, it's going to be close. It's not. <laughs> it's going to be closer, I think. It'll, yeah, I think it'll be closer. Um, it would be interesting if there are a lot more wins from other people. Yeah. Um, I would like that, but it would also be entertaining, more entertaining. Um, but yeah, out the from testing, there was a um, specific. I want to say it was day two um, that he threw on Max threw on C three tires, mm-hmm. and he did like a thirteen lap stint where he was all within like half a second. Oh, really? That like the yeah. wild consistency that he can just pump out, yeah. fast laps. And just keep doing it yep. is just inhuman, <laughs> and he's going to end up being the the breadwinner of that team. I think so. Um, Once again, yeah, uh, you know, Adrian Newey's a a goat. Yeah, and they've got some wide shoulders on that engine that- cover, and some weird, crazy changes that. You know, it was kind of funny that we saw in episode one of Draft to Survive from last year in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was Alpine that was complaining about Red Bull being so fast. Oh yeah, or that. Uh, or no, they were complaining that um, another team, Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Yeah. That, okay, they yeah, were yeah, saying yeah. that Aston Martin. They were complaining that Aston Martin was so fast. Yep. And then uh, they were like, "Yeah, they just hired aer- a bunch of aerodynamicists from Red Bull." <laughs> <laughs> that that was their uh, explanation for that. It was but, nice having the the copium of of a couple days of yeah. seeing the RB nineteen get or the RB twenty now, I guess, get yeah. released. Yeah. And saying, "Oh, that looks a little too different. Whoa, Maybe that's it's weird. you don't know." And then yeah, it's yeah. it's fast. It's really fast. Yeah. And like but, Max didn't, you know. Max is only going to get better. He's not going to get worse. Yeah. I don't think anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'd love to see a wrench thrown into the Max domination. I yeah. think it would be entertaining. I agree. Um, maybe we won't get to hear the Dutch national anthem as many times this year. Yeah, I already but, heard it once from someone tweeted it, so uh, I was able to hear it once just to make sure I was. Uh, yeah. I remembered it. You remembered it. Yeah. yeah. Um. um I don't know. There's not probably not a whole lot of other explanation unless you have more for Red Bull. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, so before we close out here, I figured we do some top five way too early driver standing predictions. Yeah. I figured okay. if we do top 20, it's going to take too long. Plus, I feel like the top five is just generally where you where would it, expect. like Where it matters. Yeah. I, I think 15 through 20 can change from a race versus... Yeah, and we saw that last year where there were like five drivers that all had like within three points of each yeah, other. Fighting for fourth, actually, that was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I'll start and I will go. Should I go first to last? I feel like if I go first to last, it might be more like, oh, kind of thing. Yeah, it was kind of a buzzkill to end at number one for no, the let's constructors. Go backwards okay. okay, backwards. Okay, so my, well, for, forwards. Okay, so I think Max Verstappen is going to win the World Championship this year. Um, do I think he's going to win 19 races again? I don't. I hope not. Well, I shouldn't say that. If we watch greatness, and it's greater than greatness was this past year, then so be it. Then I can say I watched it. But if he has domination and then wins 18 or 19, I'm going to be pissed because I feel like I should watch the 20th, you know, without without ruining everyone's F1 season if he gets 19 wins again I want to be pretty unhappy so um I, I think a lot of people would agree with that okay okay <laughs> so I have Max Verstappen 
in first, and I have Leclerc as second. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Ferrari is going to be quick this year. I think Leclerc is the best qualifier. For sure. I think on the grid. Yeah. So, <laughs> when we were talking about Ferrari as far as like that car and performance and pace, yeah. I, I was like, yeah, Leclerc is going to get pole position in a lot of races. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he, 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 well, I also think it's because he might not know the limit as much as Max where he pushes beyond the limit a little more but gets yeah. away with it as a result. Yeah. So either he'll put it in the wall or put it at P1. Yeah. Uh, I think, okay, so for P3, I have Checo. Mm. I think Checo will take one or two, maybe three wins this year. Um, if that RB is, is or if that Red Bull is similar pace to where it was last year. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was after Baku. I saw this clip of... Um, someone saying that max was just done losing to to checo after baku do do i believe that holistically no i think anyone can have a a, a bad day um and i think you know checo's belongs in formula one he's he's a good enough driver to, to take it to max still i think the end of last year was just getting in his own head a little bit too much but with a completely new car i think he's going to be given that ability to start out fresh this year and, and just take it to max hmm. um now, I do think that his wins will be towards the beginning of the season and not the end of the season, similar to last year. Mm. Um, P4, I have Lando. But I also think that Lando can possibly take a win this year. Um, nice. And then uh, P5, I have Carlos Sainz. Oh, wow. So I think you're going to have two Ferrari drivers in the top five, two Red Bull drivers in the top five, and no no Mercedes. Mercedes drivers in the top five. You do not have faith in Mercedes. I don't have this any year. faith in Mercedes this year. Hey, that's a that's a prediction. And then I'm gonna go with a bold prediction here. I'm gonna go with two bold predictions here. Okay. And they're gonna be very similar. Two well, one new and one not in a long time podium finishers this year. So on the podium this year, I have Lance Stroll getting a podium this year and Yuki Sonoda getting a podium this year. Ooh. That would be fun. Two bold predictions for two random podiums. I don't know what races. Hmm. And I have no inkling to care which race. Yeah. Hmm. But those two drivers will be in the podium this year at some point. I think that would be cool to see. Yeah. Um, didn't, wasn't Lance's highest finish last year at fourth? I don't remember, actually. I, I should thought, probably know I thought that. that he ended up squeezing out a fourth place finish. I'll check um, if you want to get into your... Sure. Yeah, I'll just start with mine. Yeah. Um, so, yet again, you put McLaren higher than me, um, which Sorry. is surprising. I think I also didn't want to get like copium fan hated yeah. by just being a biased fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I put Lando at, at fifth. Um, for me, the most challenging part about placing the top five drivers was <laughs> essentially which one was I going to boot out from last year? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think a lot of the teams are in similar situations. I know you don't have as much faith in Mercedes, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was essentially evaluating, you know, who's not going to be here, which then moved Lando up because I think that he's going to have way more points not having that uh, bad start to the season in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll get... A podium podiums for sure hopefully he gets at least one win um i'm still super excited for the first time i'll get to see him win because he's currently my favorite driver um but yeah i think he'll get um fifth um did you want to 
swap back to your oh yeah it was australia australia yeah fourth yeah nice yep sweet i'm glad i remembered that yeah Yeah, it was really early (laughs) Um, on season two yeah but uh so yeah so fourth i have leclerc okay um like you said he's pole position master yes (laughs) um and i think that if that car is really competitive that um especially at the beginning if they can utilize the car well even if it doesn't stay as competitive throughout the season if they can acquire a lot of points at the towards the beginning mm-hmm. um i think that he'll probably um be more dominant than signs is where i have him um but so i have him at fourth um i put hamilton in third um cuz i still think that that car has more in it potential wise for the rest of the season and if that car can be competitive, I think Hamilton will score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw him a bunch on podiums and things before. So um, that's where I'm at with him. Um, and then I contemplated not putting Perez in P2. Mm-hmm. And I was my bold prediction was going to be that he's going to lose his seat at Red Bull. Oh, and wow. that that would result in him not even being in the top five at all. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, still could happen. It's really early. Um, so I have him in P2 with banking on the fact that I don't think Red Bull is going to boot him mm-hmm. in 2024. Um, so I guess that's not a bold prediction, but I, you know, a lot of people are talking about him getting the boot. Yeah. So, um, but I think if he stays at Red Bull, that he'll, that car will be competitive enough that he'll acquire enough points, even if he isn't getting podiums every time. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to what we saw last year. Yeah. And then, you know, Max at number one. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty similar to last year, except Lando moved up. And then essentially, um, I pushed out Alonso. Yeah. Um, so you have the, less faith in the Aston Martin this year than you did last year. Yes. Fair. All I right. think that essentially it, I think that it might be a similar situation to last year where mm-hmm. they are a preseason team and they do a lot of their developing and changing, yeah. but then they sort of yep. eventually fall flat and aren't able to keep up with all of the other progressing that the other teams are doing. Yeah, it's yeah. less that I have less faith in, faith in them and I have more faith in all the other teams. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so right. anyway, that's our uh, top five driver predictions for 2024. Yeah, we were worried but, about hitting 40 minutes. I think we're at an well, hour plus already. That was when we only essentially had like draft to survive. Yeah, so we true. added a couple of things that, you know, that our predictions were a good chunk of that. Yeah, but yeah. We'll end up uh, having a bunch of short form for you guys to watch little yeah, highlights see. and things. I got, a lot, I got a lot to make is I guess between yeah. now and Thursdays when her car's on track Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be, uh, this is technically the last preseason episode. Mm-hmm. Our next episode will be before the race, but it will be at the start of the race weekend. Yeah. Um, so expect more than single weekly episodes coming up as we enter the season. Um, but this was our last sort of preseason wrap up, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, do you have any other thoughts before we wrap everything up? No, no, I'm excited for this season. Sweet. Yeah, 24 races this year. Yeah, the most, yeah, I mean, they, in Drive to Survive, they talked about the most races in 73 years. Yeah. 
And now um, we have so more. Like, no, no, for 2024, it's the most races in 2074 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for watching Basement oh, Breaks. Thank you. Thank you. We uh, we shared a lot of our opinions, but we'd love to hear your guys' opinions. Let us know your uh, top five constructor predictions to uh, be able to look back at, you know, any, silly season with us. Any bold predictions for a random podium this year? Alpine had both their drivers randomly get a podium last year, which yeah. everyone seemed to forget about. Yeah. So maybe we'll have one team randomly do that this year. I think it's maybe RB if anyone. So bold prediction: Hulk's get his first podium. Oh gosh, if Hulk got his first podium, that would also be pretty cool. We'll that, see. Seeing seeing K Mag get pole position, twenty twenty two in Brazil. Yeah. Oh, that was crazy. That was really cool. Oh man, hearing his voice. You're kidding me. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, we will catch you. Third, third Friday? Thursday, Thursday Friday? Friday? Thursday, Friday? Yeah. One of we'll catch days. you before the race. Yes. And then after. Yes. So we uh, hope you guys are getting excited for the season, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.